Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16. It says there, The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. The word there, understanding, this verse, it can be seen. You look at this verse from two different um, aspects, the man that wandereth away from uh, the man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. This could this can be true uh, this side of salvation or or the other side of salvation. Uh, just because a man uh, is seen to be in the congregation of the dead does not mean that he cannot hear the gospel um, and understand the gospel and be saved and uh, be called out of the congregation of the dead. Uh, but this verse can be true also from uh, the other side of salvation. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Uh, there can be a dead church. It's just not going anywhere. Uh, the understanding's there for them to see. Um, and they just don't want to see it. They wander, it's, it's right there in front. They actually wander away from understanding. And uh, the, the verse here says they'll remain in the congregation of the dead. What is understanding? That's what we'll have to look at, is what is this word understanding and uh, how do we get it and why is it such an important word? If the word itself, uh, in the, if, if we look at the dictionary or even Strong's, it says to separate mentally or distinguish, attend to, consider, be cunning, and that's in a good way, uh, diligently, direct, discern, eloquent, feel, inform, instruct, have intelligence, know, look well to, mark, perceive, be prudent or regard. And the English uh, dictionary, Webster's 1828 uh, eight dictionary, I always like this dictionary because it's the guy who put this together, uh, Noah Webster, he was um, a, a God-fearing man. So he always puts his description on it as well and gives a, a, a biblical perspective. So I like what he says here. He says, by understanding... He says, I mean that, that faculty whereby we are enabled to apprehend the objects of knowledge, generals or particulars, absent or present, and to judge of their truth or falsehood. And he says, good or evil. That's something you won't really hear in a, um, a, a modern dictionary. Um, but just have, let's have a look at this word a little bit closer. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 1, and we'll see this quite a bit. Understanding. Proverbs chapter 1. I'll just go to verse 1 there. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And look at this, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. So we can see understanding, it's, just, it's not something that's just going to come automatically. 
at conversion. We'll have a look at that. Turn to Ephesians 1, 15 to 18. Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 18. Now this is Paul's prayer. Paul actually uh, prays for the church at Ephesus that the, that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. This is, this is a church. This is an established church. Uh, this is a saved uh, congregation. And he actually prays this for them. He says from verse 15 there, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Look at this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. We also see that this word understanding is closely connected with wisdom, knowledge and discretion. Wisdom, knowledge and discretion. So just turn back with me to Proverbs chapter 2 and we'll see that there. Proverbs chapter 2. Look at there in verse 10. It says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil, and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, and they and they froward in their paths. And look at this again. Look, just flick over the page to Proverbs chapter four, one to seven. We see it here again. Verse verse one, Proverbs chapter four. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to know understanding for I give you good doctrine forsake ye not my law for I was my father's son tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother he taught me also and said unto me let thine heart retain my words keep my commandments and live get wisdom get understanding forget it not neither decline from the words of my mouth forsake her not and she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and look at this, and with all thy getting, get understanding. With all thy getting, get understanding. All these things, wisdom, uh, knowledge, discretion, understanding, uh, they're not out of reach for the, for the believer, for the Christian, they're not out of reach for God's people, and God wants us to have them. He wants us to have all these things. Uh, it's a godly wisdom. It's not something that's hard to find or see. It comes from God and it's not from ourselves. If we look uh, back there, just turn back to Proverbs chapter 1. Look at verse 20 to 22. It's not hard to see. It's not something that's hard to find. Look what it, look what it says here. It says, Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the opening of the gates in the city, she uttereth her words, saying... How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? 
and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Here, here we see that the problem to attaining to godly wisdom is because people just love their simplicity. They just love to be simple. They don't want to search after these things. They don't want to um, look into the deep things of God. They, uh, they do not want to get to know him. They're just happy to stay on the surface, uh, be simple. They don't want to know God too well because it might affect their lifestyle. They haven't got time. They're like those in Luke 14, you know, where we, uh, we read there. I'll just, we won't go there, but there, one man said, you know, his excuse for coming to Christ was, you know, I've just bought a piece of land. I have to go and look at it. A lame, lame excuse. Another man, he says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. He says, I need to see if they're any good. I need to see if they're any good. Lame excuse. I've, and another man said, I've just got married to a wife. I can't come. So godly knowledge too is something that can be received. It's not something that's far from the believer. It's not something that God has withheld from anybody. Uh, it also comes from God and not from ourselves. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10. Proverbs 8, verse 10. It says, Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. So the problem here we see is uh, to not attaining godly knowledge. It's not because people don't see, see it. It's just that they don't see the value in it. They'd rather uh, gold. They'd rather silver uh, instead of knowledge. Uh, godly discretion, that's another thing. Uh, it's not hard to attain, but God won't give it to you if you don't like uh, a pig uh, in a pig. If you, if you live like a pig in a pigsty, God won't give it to you. Look at Proverbs 11, chapter 22. 11, 22. It says there, As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman, which is without discretion. God's, you're never going to put a, a jewel in a, a swine's snout. It's just, why would you do that? It's a, it's a pig. It's, it's, it's horrible. And God, and God is not going to give, disc, to give discretion uh, to somebody who's living in a pigsty. He's just not going to do that. Uh, somebody who's enjoying their sin, living in a pigsty of sin, he's not going to give them discretion. Uh, godly understanding comes from God. But you've just got to trust God's ways and not what your head is telling you. Look at uh, Proverbs 3. Go back to Proverbs 3, verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. The, people, the problem is people trust God, but they don't do it with all their heart. They trust God, but they don't do it with all their heart. Uh, they look at the Scriptures, uh, but they fill their head is going to decide whether it's true or not. They're half-hearted. Uh, trust, the, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto their own understanding. Uh, the only thing that prevents us from accessing these things is not that they are hard to see or inaccessible, but it's ourselves. Uh, these things, are, they are there by the grace of God for the picking. Anyone can just reach forward and pick them, uh, but the thing that's stopping is ourselves. Before, there's one thing that, we, that we've got to do 
on our part before we can even access any of these things. Any of these things are there for the picking, but the Bible tells us that there's, there's something else that we must do before we even access into any of those things. As a Christian, I'm saying, as a Christian. And we'll look at that in a moment. Uh, but um, biblical understanding is not just head knowledge either. It's not just head knowledge. There's many things in the Bible um, when we look at certain words that have, we, if we look at the uh, meaning of those words um, from a worldly perspective, uh, if we look at those same words from a, from a biblical perspective and a godly perspective, they have more meaning than what the world puts on them. Um, the biblical understanding is it's not just head knowledge, it includes head knowledge, but it's not uh, just head knowledge. It's possible to have understanding uh, right before us, right there, uh, but it's, it's possible also um, not to have a heart for it. We can be in our head, we can have an understanding head, but without an understanding heart. And we'll look at that in the scriptures. Turn to Acts chapter 28. And we'll see this in action. Acts 28 verse 17. We can even take understanding and put it in our head and believe it to be true. But still, that still doesn't amount to biblical understanding. The way that God wants us to understand it. So we read here from verse 17. And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem under the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, I have called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And they said, un they said unto him, We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee, but we desire, look at this, we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest. For concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him under his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, Look at this, from morning till evening. In verse 24, look at this, it says, And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed, not among themselves, they departed. These are the ones that, some, some of the ones that believed, and the others that didn't believe. They spoke, among, they agreed not amongst themselves, and they departed. After that Paul had, they, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. And look what he says here. This is interesting. He says, Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, 
and hear with their ears, and look at this, and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. They will hear it. If we look at this quote that uh, Paul just used here, it's a quote from Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 and 9. So just quickly turn there, Isaiah chapter 6. It would be good to see this. Isaiah chapter 6. You know, look at the problem here of the um, Jews that were not understanding with their heart. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 to 9. This is what the Apostle Paul was quoting from here. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not, make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Understand with their heart. That's where that passage comes from. Just to see a little bit more of what Paul, what, uh, Paul was talking about, we can get a little bit more, just go a bit further along to Isaiah 29, 13 to 16. And you can see here what was, their, what was in their heart. This is with a problem. Isaiah 29, 13 to 16. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honour me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvellous work among this people, and even a marvellous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish. Look at this. And the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and their works are in the dark and they say, who seeth us and who knoweth us? Look at this. This is, this is, look at this, what it says here. It says, surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. It says, therefore, for shall the work say of him that made it he may be not, or shall the thing formed say of him that formed it, he hath no understanding? They're accusing God of having no understanding. God's trying to teach these people understanding. That uh, little, uh, that passage there where it says, uh, for shall the work say of him that made it, he, he may be not, or shall the thing formed say of him that framed it, he hath no understanding. If we go to Romans chapter 9, verse 21, we don't have to turn there, but it says in, in, in 20 to 21, it says, Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? That's what it's referring to, this, this scripture. It's referring to this scripture. Hath not the pot a power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honour and another unto dis, dishonour? When we look and see what the what uh, the Apostle Paul was trying to point these people to 
and back into their Old Testament and to see what it was um, that was uh, stopping them from uh, coming to Christ um, was their inward, um, they, they were turning things upside down. That's what we just read. You know, uh, it says here, why hast thou made me thus? You know, I mean, really, why, why has the Lord made them like this? In, in this hardened state at this point in history where they've rejected their Messiah. Um, it says there, we, it says, in, in two, if we go to 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21, we'll, we'll see there what happens here. This is how people end up in this state where the Lord um, turns people into a, hard, is, uh, into a hardened vessel uh, fitted for destruction. It's because they turn things upside down and surely uh, they will be esteemed as a potter's clay because they do this. And this is what we have to be careful of, even as believers, that we don't turn the things of God upside down. We look, look there in 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21. 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honour <coughs> and some to dishonour. If a man therefore purge himself from these, these wicked things, he shall be a vessel unto honour, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. We can see what Israel had done. And uh, with their, with their uh, lack of understanding, it wasn't that they didn't understand. Understanding was right there for them. But they deliberately turned the things of God upside down. Uh, we even see that in um, Romans um, chapter, if we turn there, just turn to Romans chapter 9. And this is what we see. And look at verses 30. This is talking about Israel and how they've turned things upside down. What shall we say then that the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith, but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness? Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. What they'd done, they'd turned everything upside down. Israel, salvation was always by faith. Abraham was saved by faith. Israel, anyone in Israel was saved by faith. They turned it upside down and they've uh, said it was as if it was by the works of the law. That's what it means there when we read that in Romans chapter 9. They've turned the things of God upside down. And we can, we can also do this. We can do this. We can actually get um, God's ways. We can get his uh, wisdom. We can get um, all the things of God. And if we're not careful, we can actually turn things on their head, just like the Israelites did too. And this is a warning to us in 2 Timothy 2.19. Um, that... In, in a, in a, it says there in verse, in verse 20, in a great house there is not only vessels of gold and silver but also of 
wood and earth and some to honour and some to dishonour. God has the right uh, to turn something into a, something good, a, a vessel that can be seen, beautiful vessel that's up on a shelf that everyone can see, or to make someone into a dirty ashtray. And then if people want to turn the things upside down uh, to God, he can do that. that. That's God, he can do that. Um, so we, if we just look at... Um, Jesus actually also quoted that passage in Isaiah chapter 29. Uh, when he's speaking to the disciples, we see Jesus stating the fulfilment of this prophecy uh, during his time. So just look at Matthew 13, 10 to 16, sorry. Matthew 13, turn over a couple. So he also quote, quoted this same passage from Isaiah. It says there in verse 10, And the disciples came, and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but, uh, but to them it is not given. For whomsoever hath, to him shall be given, and he, <coughs> sorry, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their eyes are dull of hearing, and their ears, uh, their eyes they have closed, um, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But look what he says here to do his disciples. He said, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they, uh, for they hear. Here we see in, the pa in these passages that the understanding that, that God requires, uh, it's not just with the head. It also must be understanding from the heart. And this was the problem with Israel. They didn't have a heart for, for, the, for the Lord. They didn't even have a heart for the nations around them. Um, they've turned the, the things of God upside down. Um, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. It's not that they couldn't see. They see it. Indeed, they see. Uh, hear it. They can hear. But they choose to perceive it not. They don't want to see it. They don't. They they shut their eyes from it, they stick their fingers in their ears, and this is something that we've got to be careful not to do as well when we're reading God's word, when we're hearing from the Lord, we can do that too we can be looking like that, you know we can be, we, we can be listening like this, I can still hear things, but you know and this is what they were doing believing something to be true in your head doesn't mean anything in God's eyes, it doesn't it can be on your lips, and that's good it's good to be on our lips and, uh, but is it in our heart? That's the thing. Is it in our heart? And is it lived out? Is it lived out? Because we, we, we can even see this in connection with salvation. Hebrews 9, uh, Hebrews uh, 10, 9 and 11 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, Look at this, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus 
That's a good thing to do. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For, the, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Just believing in, our, in your head uh, is it, just mere head knowledge. It's not enough to save anybody. James 2.19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Uh, we saw this in the passage in Acts that we just read. And some believe the things that were spoken and some believe not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. What was going on? What went wrong with these ones that believed and then departed? The reason is that they left the others. The others they left the others because they left Paul because they were persuaded by men and they didn't have a fear of God. Instead of fearing God, they, they, they got talking to these other guys and they persuaded them and they all left. These guys believed, it says. These guys believed the message that was in their head and they were persuaded by men and they left. Uh, that's something that we can, we can possibly do too. We can take all God's truths in our head. Uh, we can be pondering those things, seeking the Lord, wanting the Lord's heart, and then some other person comes along and just starts saying something else and we'll end up believing what they say instead of believing what God says. Uh, Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, For the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And uh, we see this, it happened to Jesus too. It happened to Jesus. Look in John 12, look at John 12, 42 to 43. John 12, 42 to 43. Here we see others believing as well. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But look. Look what it says here. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They loved the praise of men <coughs> more than the praise of God. So we can see there that um, we, can have an, we can have understanding in our head. Uh, whether it's for salvation or whether it's for God's truths. But unless this understanding comes from our heart, that's not going to do us any good. It's not going to do us any good. So how do we enter into this godly understanding? How do we enter into it? What does the Bible say? And the, the, the way that we enter into godly understanding is if we first fear the Lord. We have to fear the Lord. We've got to have a heart to follow his ways and we've got to have an indignation against sin. That's what the Bible says. Look at, look at Psalm 11, verse 110. Psalm 11, 110. Hang on, it must be 100. And, yeah, I got that wrong. Anyway, the verse says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the fraud mouth do I hate. 
Look at uh, Psalm 119, 104. So you always, you have to fear and study and respect this book, the Bible, to get understanding. It says, through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way through thy precepts. We also have to have a right view of God. We have to understand who, who it is that is before us. He, he's the creator of all things, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the, the one that made everything, the almighty, powerful God. Uh, just look at Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah 5, 20, 20 to 5 says. It says, declare, declare this in the house of Jacob and publish it in Judah, saying, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without, look at this, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord? Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass, and though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail? Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it? But this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are revolted and gone. Neither say in their heart, they might say it in their head, but it says, neither say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain both the former and the latter in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Look at this. It says, Your iniquities have turned away these things and your sins have withholden good things from you. The only thing that's going to stop us from getting godly understanding, godly wisdom, all these things, is our iniquities and it's ourselves that do it. Your iniquities have turned away these things and your sins have withholden good things from you. The Bible says we have to be sensitive to God's ways. Uh, we not only have to hear... Uh, but we have to receive what he says in here. We have to apply what the Lord reveals to us. It's one thing to hear it. It's even one thing for me to speak it and to preach it, but to live it's another thing. Uh, we have to seek the things of God earnestly. We have to be obedient to God. We have to walk in his ways, the Bible says. And then, then he'll give us understanding. We can't expect to get understanding unless we do this. Proverbs, go back to Proverbs chapter 2. And we'll look at that, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1. It says there, My son, if thou wilt receive my words, we have to receive them, and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Look at this, and apply thine heart to understanding. We've got to apply. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and lift us up thy voice for understanding. Cry out to God, lift up our voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, all these things come from him, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge, and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. We're going to walk with the Lord. We're going to walk uprightly. 
Uh, we're going to seek after these things of God like, like, this, like, like they're for hid treasures. We're going to seek them. We're going to call out to God and, and uh, lift up our voice for these things and Christ after these things. Uh, it says there in verse 8, He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. And then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, in every good path. It's there for the picking, and God, he wants us to have it. Understanding is there, and he wants us to have it. The only thing that stops it is ourselves. Proverbs 21, six, verse 16, have a look at that one. Proverbs 21, 16, we'll look at that one again. Let's look at that verse. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. See, it's there. It's there. It's there for the picking. It's, it's in the way. But people would rather wander away from it. And uh, we don't want to, those people, look at Proverbs 16, verse 22. Proverbs 16, verse 22. Understanding is a wellspring of life under him that hath it. But the instructions of fools is folly. It's a wellspring of life, understanding. God wants us to have it, but people would rather the instruction of fools, unfortunately. Proverbs 18, verse 2. Look at that, turn over there. It says there, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Some people don't want it because they're selfish. That, a heart may that their heart may discover itself. All they're worried about is their own heart. That it wants to discover itself. They're, uh, they're not concerned with the understanding of the Lord. They're just concerned with their own uh, selfish uh, desires. And we as, we as believers, we have to invest, I believe, in these things. Uh, we have to invest our time, our resources, into the things that are important to God. Um, All these things are there. They're, they're right there. They're in black and white for us. We, and we've, we can see how we can seek them. We have to walk with the Lord. We have to cry out to Him. All these things, it's, 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 it's so good to know that they're right there. But it's the hard thing for us is to uh, commune with God in a way uh, where He sees that it's coming from here and it's not coming from here. It's something that we earnestly want and because and, uh, he earnestly wants to give it to us. Proverbs 23, verse 23, look at this one. Proverbs 23, verse 23. I love this. It says, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. They're the things that we should be investing in, buying those things. Here's that verse, again, the one that I got wrong before, it's right here. It wasn't just a verse reference. Verse, uh, Psalm 100, 111, verse 10. So Psalm 111, verse 10. So to access these things, godly understanding, godly wisdom, 
all these things starts with this the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom a good understanding have all they that do his commandments and his praise endureth forever we just we don't want to end up like the Israelites just 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 living um, looking at their their laws and and uh, reading their, the, the Word of God. They used to read it in the synagogues every single day and it just became uh, just, a, just, just reading. That's all it was, reading, head knowledge, more and more. And they ended up turning things upside down. And the Lord actually let them go that way and they pretty much forced His hand because God's honest. God is honest in what he says. He wanted to bless them. And then he said, but if you don't walk in my ways, I, I, there were also curses for them. And uh, he did. He, he uh, at the time uh, when Christ came, they, they, were, they were blinded. They were in a state where they were actually made into a, a, a vessel for dishonor. And the Gentiles, because they were going to receive it with the heart, were made to a, a vessel unto honour. And uh, we're going to be very careful that we don't uh, get made into a vessel of dishonour because the Lord uh, can do that. He can do that. And uh, he's done it. Uh, blindness in part has happened to Israel. Um, you know, anyone can be saved. There's no doubt about that. But the nation as a whole, they've been made as a vessel of, uh, unto dishonour because of the rejection of God and his ways. And it's not that they were hid. They have closed their eyes. They have uh, shut their ears. They didn't want to see it. Understanding was right there before them. And uh, we've got to be, uh, have this same, same uh, attitude towards God that in, in that we don't uh, ignore understanding when it's there. But the first thing that we have to do is fear the Lord, trust in his ways, walk in his ways, cry after these things, and he will give it to us. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt.